I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Carl Hutchinson Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Hutchinson. Hope you're all well. I'm, I'm filming, filming. I'm recording this from Northampton, actually. I'm in, I'm in a hotel again. It's been the... I haven't been in a hotel for a while. I'm in the Northampton. I'm doing the Royal and Derngate tonight. This has been one of those that's been rescheduled due to the old rack, R-A-A-C. Don't really know what that is. Don't know what rack stands for. All I know is that the show couldn't go ahead when it was supposed to go ahead. But it's fine now. It's the same thing in the UK where all of the schools had to close this time last year, was it? Or September? So it's a rescheduled show. So it's weird because it's just a one-off. Uh, which It's nice, though, because I'm staying away. So I'm at, the hotel is so close, I'm looking out the window now and I can see the venue, which is great. Because it means you can get straight off stage, straight back to the hotel. Uh, and, and, of course, the, the show will be good as well, I assume. <laughs> but, yeah, rescheduled for the old rack. The old rack. Rack, hack, lack, quack, mac, stack. I'm running out of ideas already. 18 episodes, and that's that's what we are reduced to. Rack, hack, lack, swack, quack. I quacked at someone the day, actually. I uh, did a drive-by quack. Had the window down. So, okay. Um, I've been told... Obviously, I don't listen to these back. You know, back, hack, lack, smack, quack. Sorry. I, <laughs> I, yeah, fucking hell. Oh, God. I'm back inside my head, am I? I don't listen to these back, but I've been told by a lot of people that a lot of the reviews are, thanks very much, everyone who's liking and subscribed. A lot of people are saying, Carl, you, you go off on one, but you always come back. And I can't tell if it's a complaint or an observation, <laughs> but I guess it's just an insight into how me, how me brain works. But I did, I quacked at somebody. So my mate, Jamie Kettle, I call him Kettle. Well, I called him Kettle when we were like 16, 17, but now I call him, like it was, it was Kettle. And then I think it was the K-Dog said ironically obviously i would never actually refer to somebody as the k-dog k-dog k-quick uh like the wrestler k-quick so he he was k-quick and it was quick quack and then finally it was just quack and now at the age of 36 when i see him i, I just quack at him so if i if i saw kettle now i would creep up on him and i would just just in his ear just go like quack 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 right 
So that's that. So if you're one of my friends, that's that's what you've that's what you've got in store for you. So I saw Kettle the day I was on the Great North Road, and I saw I knew it was classic Kettle because he had his gilet on, and he had his he had his uh, his beige pants, and it was it was Kettle's exact figure and exact height, and I was so sure of it. I was just going to ask. I was going to get um, I need to get a toothbrush for the road for the road toothbrush toothpaste some deodorant. Anth wasn't picking us up till ten. I was up with Lily at ten to eight. Actually, it was my turn for a lie-in, but we're doing dry January, so it's weird. You like you wake up and you don't have anything to sleep off. Like you don't have that haze or that fog. You can just get up and ready to go straight away. So I heard Lily downstairs, and I was like, "Well, I'm, I'm not going to see her overnight now. So you know, let's get down and make the most of it." So I, I was, and then Sophie took Lily to nursery at like half eight or whatever. So I helped get her ready and all that. It's really canny, like she's. You know, I told I told she was like, I'll see you tonight, Daddy. I was like, Oh well daddy'll be at work and she just like kinda of processed it and just went, Bye, Daddy. Like it's so so canny, man. On the, but I'm going off again on one. So let's let's get back to quacking at quack. So I was up and it was about I had everything done. I had the bags packed, I had the podcast gear packed. So I thought I'll pop the Asda, get get what I need done there, so that I've got a bit of free time at the hotel. That'll be nice. So on the way to Asda, around about twenty past nine on the Great North Road in Gosforth. I saw a kettle, so the window was down, and the window. I'm gonna to have to lean back from the mic now because the window was down, and I just, just saw him, and I just went. Wah, wah, quack, quack. Now, in case you haven't figured it out, it wasn't him. Um, so I've just, I just quacked at a random stranger. So if that was you, I tried to find you in Asda. I was gonna apologize and tell you that whole story. You know, imagine, <laughs> imagine catching up with somebody in Asda and like the <laughs> next to the ham and the beef. Just so he was originally called Kettle, and then it was K Quick, and then it was Quack, and then and that's why I quacked at you. Just get get out of my face, please, please, just go away. I'm just trying to get me. I don't care why you quacked at us. Just please don't do it again, sir. So yeah, so if that was you, Great North Road, twenty past nine, walking. Um, Great North Road towards Gosforth High Street and some nutcase quacked at you. It's me. I'm sorry. Hope all is forgiven. I can't believe people listen to this, you know. I really can't, like... <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> Somebody asked us the other day, they went, what's it about? I was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's just this. It's just me just fucking talking shit. But I had my gilet on as well. I left for Northampton. Gilet on the body. I like a gilet. I've never owned a gilet before. I think I like just saying gilet as well. You know, after when I was a kid, they were just called body warmers, weren't they? I don't know what the, what is the difference between a body warmer and a gilet. I don't know. But Sophie said, "Is that all you're wearing?" And I was like, "Well, why don't you take a proper jacket because it's going to be freezing?" And we're always getting into this argument. I was like, "Well, it doesn't matter if it's freezing, because Aunt's picking us up. We're going straight to the hotel." And then from the hotel, I'm going straight to the venue. From the venue, I'm going to go back to the hotel, hotel back to the car, and then we'll go home. At no point am I... Yeah, do you, like, Sophie, do you think I'm doing me, me Duke of Edinburgh award? Like, what, what is it that you... Well, it's still freezing. I've just walked Lily to nursery, and, and I'm freezing. I was like, yeah, because you've just walked half an hour in the morning. Of course it's freezing. Mind you, though, we went to Weatherby Services, because uh, I just fancied a, a coffee and uh, what cards on the table, sausage and bean... A pasty as well and as soon as I got out I was like fucking hell Sophie yeah you're right yeah I should have should have worn a jacket but I've got a got me hoodie in the suitcase so I'll, I'll put that on over the gilet 
in preparation for Northampton. Always a good crowd as well. And not only did people like not ask for a refund when the gig got rescheduled, but we've actually sold more tickets now as well. So I'm I'm so excited. Um, you know, it, it didn't uh, we didn't plan for Northampton to be the last one on the schedule, but um, I'm I'm very and they're always always up for it because I've I've only ever been in the studio. So we're in the big room. We're in the big lad room now. That should be good. I'll have to rem- I say I'll have to remember the show, but all I've done is go back and forward to the studio in Gateshead. Remember where I pumped right next to Studio Seven? All I've, I've watched about I've watched the show about five times. So the last thing I want to do is go through the fucking show. So I just I think it's one of those where you go. It's weird. Where, you know when you first start comedy, it's like I felt that I can't go on stage without rehearsing. Like I'm. And rehearsal is different for everyone involved sometimes, but it's more like rehearsal for me was saying it in the shower. You know, I'll not get out the shower until I've set me full set. You don't have to say it word for word, but just so you know exactly where you're going, where you're starting, where you're trying to get to, leave a bit of wiggle room in the middle in case stuff happens, X, Y, and Z and all that. But I don't know. I think the longer you do it, the more sometimes you kind of uh, trust your own process or you trust you trust the fact that you're good at it which i think is a really hard thing to do sometimes you you have to remember hold on sorry like I'm, i've been doing this for a while now i'll just i'll go on stage and i'll i'll let all the words fall out ramsey used to say that all the time like he would fucking not do a show for three months and then see if something did get rescheduled or whatever and it's a one-off you go oh, i haven't went through the show and and he'll just go, oh, I'll go on stage and it'll all just fall out. And I'd watch him and I'd go, son of a bitch. Like, I don't know how you can... But yeah, I think the longer you do it, the, the more you, you're inclined to go that way, really. That was a thing. When you first start out, you've got to like, right, I need to say what... I, you've got your routine. I'll have this meal. I'll <laughs> I'll have this meal. I'll wear these socks and I'll, I'll do everything the way I normally do it because the last time I did that, I had a good gig. And eventually, you just have to... You have to have every possible permutation combination of scenarios where you're wearing these socks you're wearing that t-shirt you've ironed this certain part you've you've did your usual preparation and you still die on your ass and it's good in a way because then you can just go all right well you know my routine had nothing to do with that because i did everything right and i still died on my ass so it's if you went on stage having not went through it and not prepped it and you died on your ass you'd go well that's your fault for not doing the requisite amount of preparation so that's something that kind of needs you 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 just need to get the shit kicked out of you a few times where that doesn't really matter and you eventually trust your instincts. I remember starting out and I used to go down and do the frog and bucket loads and I think this is a very specific observation for comedians, but every comedian's got, especially when you first start out and you're doing open spots and you're doing tryouts and every single spot you do, you have to make sure that it's it's your, it's your best. You're in this conundrum for a couple of years where you go, I have to do my best 10, but... If the promoter's seeing us, I don't want them to think that I've only got 10 minutes. So it's this constant battle of do I do new stuff or do I just try and smash it out the park? And if I was to give advice now, um, I've, I've, got, I've got no idea how you'd even... I don't know. I think that... <laughs> that's weird, isn't it? It's like I've, I've went through that. That's not an issue anymore. And I'm still none the wiser of how to approach it. Because you forget. That's the most frustrating thing. You just have to keep doing it. You just have to keep doing... The same set, smashing it, and if that's not getting anywhere, then you've got to smash it with another 10. Conversely, if you're doing a different 10 every time and you're not getting the way you want to be, maybe just fucking do your banker 10 and smash it out of the park to the point where they can't ignore you. So yeah, 
but every comedian's got their own. Every comedian's got their, oh, God, this person's not on the bill. I have never had a good gig in front of this person before. Or when this person's comparing, I know that I'm going to die on me arse. And, it's just, and eventually they become like your bogey comedian. Like my two at The Frog was um, Jonathan Mayer and Dan Nightingale. And Jason Cook to an extent. In fact, yeah, it was, it was anyone at The Frog. Which, you know, when you look back, I think you just go, ah, oh, it was just shy, wasn't it? But it was something about those three where you just go, anytime they were on the bill, I knew that I was just going to die on my arse. But, you know, if that if there's young comedians listening to that, that, that's just a phase and it'll pass and one day it'll just become a memory. So don't get too bogged down and all that. Why have I started giving advice all of a sudden? Was it because I can see the venue? I'm looking at Northampton and I'm going, oh, hey, hey, Carl. Hey, you're finally doing the big lad room. What, what, what's your opinion on comedy, Carl? <laughs> Sophie told us off the other day because I was making a ham and coleslaw sandwich with a bit of mustard. And she came through. And, and what bread do I use? I use a uh, ciabatta bun. I get a ciabatta bun, toast it for a bit, bit of butter on each side, coleslaw, mustard, ham, bit of rocket with a bit of black pepper, cut in half with a bowl of soup and a packet of french fries. Home free. Home free. As free as the wind blows. <laughs> as free as the grass grows. Home free. And Sophie comes through and gives us a bit of a look. And she was like, is that, is that butter? And I was like, yeah. She was like, you don't, you don't put butter on if you haven't coleslaw. That's vile. I was like, why? She was like, it's calories on top of calories. I was like, is that a thing? You have, you have bread and butter as a base for, for, I mean, obviously you have bread, otherwise it's not a sandwich, but you have butter as a, a base, do you not? I would like to know. What's your opinion? Get in touch. Podcast at gmail.com. Do you put, if you haven't butter, if you haven't butter, if you, if you haven't butter, do you put a bit of coleslaw on as well, just as a base? No, if you haven't coleslaw, do you have butter as a base? I'd be interested to know. But I'm doing that thing because we're doing, I don't want to even say dry January. We're not having a drink during January. We are trying to significantly reduce the amount of drink we are having during January. We're not, I don't want to commit to it because it's like, you know, as soon as you break it, then what, do you just go off the handles because, well, I've broken it? I'm, I'm just trying to exercise a little bit of restraint because since the filming of the Watch, Watch Till the End special, which is going to be available for either rent or purchase very, very soon, we're, we're having meetings with people and all that, it's all, it's all going in the right direction, so there'll be more on that when there's time to announce that, but... Since then, since the 25th of November, it has, as I said before, it's just been open season, it really has. So we're just trying to exercise a little bit of restraint. We had a curry on New Year's Day. That was like our, well, if we're not drinking, we'll have a curry. And then all day, mind you, all day I was like, you know, just nipping away at Sophie. I was like, you know, we can start dry January on the 2nd, surely. It's like, no, call. we need to do it right. We need to do it right. So, you know, we're doing it right. We're doing it, but, well, I'm not. I, yeah. I went and when I went to pick the curry up, I definitely had a pint while I was at. You always get to the curry place early so then you can have a pint and play on your phone for a bit. Just a just a little bit of alone time, you know. Lily's been put to bed. All the chores have been done. The kitchen's tidy. The house's tidy. I'll go to the curry house 15 minutes beforehand and enjoy a nice little pint. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I had one pint. So up until the 12th of January, I'd had one pint when I was picking the curry up on January 1st. So that doesn't really count. But then me mum and dad pulled a fast one and said, 
you know, would you mind if uh, we're going to the high street? I think this is actually, I say the 12th, this was like the 7th or 8th. They went, would you mind if we called in and seen Lily? Because they live, they live half an hour away. So I was like, yeah, come for four. You's are going out. Uh, Lily's bath is half six. So come for four. We'll have, you know, we'll have a bit, it'll be tea and coffee's mine because we're doing. And then I was like, ah, you know, you can't, you can't bloody have people around and not get a fucking drink. Ah, you can't have a fucking. Can't have people around without a fucking drink. Yeah. What? Have a fucking drink, man. So we had a drink. We had a drink on Saturday is what I was saying there. We had a drink. So I went, I got, I got some Peronis in. I got some wine in. We had, we had a few drinks. And uh, mum and dad loved seeing Lily as well. Lily loved seeing them. Everything was great. Lily was playing our, our little games, you know. Was, we're in a Peppa Pig period of, of being a parent. And I told me Auntie Ali that as well. She was like, oh, Peppa Pig, I remember it well, yes. And I was like, yeah, but you know what? Like, people who say, oh, oh Carl, you loved, uh, you loved Rod, Jane and Freddy. You loved, uh, you loved Thunderbirds or, or Thundercats and all that. And I was like, yeah, but you know what? Like, oh, you used to watch it again and again and again. I said, yeah, but you know what? Like, at least you guys had VHS cassette where when it was over, you, you got to rewind it. You know, Amy had Barney. Barney is a dinosaur from our imagination, and when he's tall, he's what we call a dinosaur sensation. Barney can be your friend too if you just make believe him. I used to get that lyrics wrong. Barney can be your friend too if you just make believe him. I used to think it was Barney can be your friend too if you just make me leave him. Which, looking back, is very. A bit much, isn't it? It's not, not not really appropriate for a for a kids' TV opening theme, which is probably why they were not the lyrics. I love you, you love me. We're a happy family with a great big hug and a kiss from me to you. Won't you say you love me too? At least when me mum and dad had me and Amy, they got to rewind it. But we've just got like Amazon, fucking Netflix. As soon as it's finished, just bang. Next one, next one. It's just, it's, it's like being in a fucking black mirror. Something. It's just constant. There's no, there's no reprieve. Oh, another couple of quick stories about Lily. I was in the supermarket with her, and we're getting. And she stands in the trolley, and it's, it's very dangerous. But you know, I, I can't be. She, the the alternative is she kicks off, and I can't be honest. So she stands in the trolley, <laughs> parent of the year, and she was like, "Dad, strawberries. It's great now." She's starting to talk, and it's like she's two and a half. It's it's fantastic. Like it's it. I've been waiting two and a half years to like start having chats with her, and I, I can't believe me look now. It's like every day, it's like something new. It, it's it's fantastic. She she just pointed at the strawberries, and she was like, "Yeah." She went, "Dad, strawberries." So she just pointed at the strawberries, and she went, "Dad, strawberries." And Sophie went, "Uh, you know, do." She said a while back, don't don't get strawberries until a certain month because they're out of season. And I said, what chance did I have of trying to explain that to a two and a half year old? I still tried though. I was like, oh no, Lily, it's like it's January. I was like, no, they'll still not be nice right now. And Lily, obviously, you know, she can't comprehend the idea of, of, of fruits being in and out of season. And she just looked at strawberries and I, I just saw her work it out of like, I've had these before and, and I can tell you they are very, and she just looked at us and she just went, no, daddy. They are nice. <laughs> okay, well, I'm getting there. I can't. I know. No, the thing is, doll, not not until March. That's when we'll have our strawberries. And she saw the bin men. I was taking her to nursery the other day, and she saw the bin men in the traffic jam. And she said, 
And it already two and a half years, she's got the best of us. She's she's worked it out. She pointed, she was like, Bin Man, not my house. I was like, Yeah, that's right, yeah, they don't come to your house today, do they? No. And she said, Why? And I was like, Oh, they'll be going to other houses, darling. They go they the bin man goes to, to different houses on every different day. Why? Well, because, darling, the bin man can't visit every house in the same day. And she just looked and she was like, Santa. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, yeah, that's, yeah, you've got to keep keep track of the lies you're telling, Carl. Yes, and I was like, how have you made that jump? Do you know what I mean? I didn't even know you. And she's, and I was like, yeah, Santa. I was like, yeah, Santa does it every, so I think I eventually had to tell her that the bin men are going around checking everybody, making sure they're well-behaved and they report back to Santa. So fuck knows what I've done to her brain, but I'm pretty sure I've convinced Lily that the bin men work for Santa somehow. It'll be fine. She'll not. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Remember. So it got to like half six. And it got to Lily's bath time. It was Sophie's turn to do the bath. We're, we're on alternate nights now that I'm back home. Yep. So my mum and dad, got, and obviously we've had a few drinks at that point, so then my mum and dad were like, oh, we better be going. And then Sophie's like, well, we're not kicking you out, you know, which is code for, you want to stay and get even more steaming? Yeah, let's do that. So me and my dad ended up going to the garage, getting more wine, more beers in. And before you know it, it's like nine o'clock. And, you know, what was going to be just a quick hello from four till five, has now turned into, <laughs> you know, Bruce Springsteen's on the on the telly, bit of, bit of YouTube, watching some of his live stuff. Then my mom asks for Rod Stewart. You know, you know how it goes. You know, my mom, my mom's like, my mom's well up for a, a Rod Stewart, Bay City Rollers. I remember I was doing stuff at Gatehouse once, and Bay City Rollers were doing the big room, and I was doing the small room, and I went and got a photo taken with the Bay City Rollers, and my mom couldn't. But like I did it for my mom because I knew, you know, I knew she'd she, she loved them and all, and she still still brings it up now. And then Anth got told to move his car because he was blocking one of them in. Have I told you this before? <laughs> I always just one of the songs is uh, 
Shangalang. So I just kept saying you double parked, you you Shangalang parked, which really, I think, amused me more than it's ever amused anyone else. Which is the story of my life. Got some mad music to it, like uh, obviously Bruce Springsteen, you know. But um, we got talking about like, do you ever get into bands at the wrong time? Like I got into Bon Jovi in like the year two thousand when I was 14. Like, that's not the <laughs> that's not the right time to get into Bon Jovi, is it? Like, yeah, that album, Crush, it was good. You know, it's my life. And then and then from that, I ended up getting into the whole, the whole back catalogue, which I've talked about, I think, extensively before. But then you cut to, like, I'm 15 and a half, I'm in year 11, and on my lunch break, I went and got, this is so dorky, I went and got the Metro from, like, Tyne Dock to South Shields to buy the latest release, Bounce, which was 2001 or 2002. I want to say the start of 2002, Bounce, and I had like a McDonald's on the Metro on the way back because I didn't have enough time to stop and eat that. Yeah, looking back, you go, that's the wrong time to get into Bon Jovi, but yeah, still, good band. So yeah, my mum and dad left about 10. I think they got a taxi and then Sophie went to bed and then I was tasked with cleaning the house, which I don't mind because... You know, you know when you have a bit of a drink and you're like, right, I'll put... Normally it's a bit of a drink and I'll put a podcast on and I'll make a bit of an event of... We'd order pizzas as well, so I was just blatantly just mopping up the last of the pizza and tidying the house. I didn't have a pod... This is how drunk I was. I, I know when I was drunk the night before is because I didn't have a podcast on. I had music on. And then do you ever wake up the next day and you look at your Spotify history and you go, oh, fucking hell, I was, I was that steaming, was I? Right. Now, my deep dive when I've had a bit of a drink is I always look back and I had to take pictures of it. I want to remember. So it's uh, Mary Chaplin Carpenter, the hard way. It's all like it's all like mad 2002, 2003 country music. And I'll tell you for why in a second. So it was Mary Chaplin Carter, the hard way. Uh, the Chicks, which are now uh, formerly the Dixie Chicks. They're now just called The Chicks. Wide Open Spaces. Martina McBride, Independence Day. Black Hawk, every once in a while. Sammy Kershaw, She Don't Know She's Beautiful. Now, the reason why all of those songs and many others were on there is because when I was revising for my GCSEs, I had Windows Media Player, and for the first time, I, yeah, yeah, it was the first introduction I had to digital radio. So, obviously, I, you know, I didn't want to listen to like what was available at the time of like Capital Radio, and it wasn't Capital then, Galaxy Radio, or Smooth, or Metro. I was like, hey, what's this? Like, just start, and for whatever reason... Total country, this internet radio thing. There was no presenters. It was just song after song, and I would just have it on in the background. And for whatever reason, I liked it at that age, you know. And now it's got like a nostalgic place. Anytime I hear any of those songs, it just takes us right back to being sixteen, revising for me GCSEs. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why it's a good memory, but it's. A, I think it's just because I lock myself away in that room and revise so much. So now, like all of those songs are just like embedded in my head. But yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why I never liked whatever music that was like current at the time. Like, so when I was sixteen, I don't think I listened to any music that was out at that point. I just, I don't know. I guess you couldn't, for whatever reason, you couldn't relate to it. You know, I think with having uh, Sky or cable and you've you've got access to the the, the music channels, as they were, still are really. But you just get into stuff, and then you can d- download it all. It was it was Kazar for me, Kazar and Napster. So I think the first job I had when I was 16, I was working in, a, it was just a six weeks holidays when I worked in that uh, label making place. You know, so say, say like a, it was a Norwegian company called Scanum and I, it was just like a, a daft job, but it was like a, say like a bottle of fairy liquid. You know how it's got that, you know, it's got that like 
design on the bottle of the baby. So my job would be to get like this big, this rubber plastic thing of of the the design and give it to somebody and they would feed it into a machine and that would somehow make the, the label for the for fairy liquid. But we had designs for so my job was just to get the design, the required design to the particular printer, give it to the guy and then he would sort it out. So it was a headphones task. You were allowed thank fuck you were allowed to wear your headphones. There was I think that was the first time I got into Pearl Jam, so that was my first you know, ten was the first album. And then you would take your headphones out and you're not listening to ten anymore, you're not listening to Alive or Heaven Floor or to rough like butterflies or oh, he don't know so he chases them away Life over Oh freedom Looking through the paper though he doesn't know to read You take them out You take your headphones out then And it's fucking Maybe tomorrow by the fucking stereo And it's just this uh, You know nothing against them But I was like fucking hell That that guitar solo is very long And doesn't go anywhere does it? You know that, that horrible one That just like that I've got this horrible memory of like your, your your iPods died, and it was maybe tomorrow, which got played like four times during the the radio that was blasted out, and it followed us to another job actually. That followed, I, I did another spot welding job when I was at university. This was just again another two weeks thing. Agency staff. One week you're working at Newcastle Races, next week you're working at St James's Park, next week you're doing spot welding. I mean, Dad hated us doing that job because I remember I cut my leg on some like bit of like a, like a copper bin. It was just this like big jaggedy bit sticking out, and I just had this big scar on the on me left leg for the longest time. I remember you say, "Call it was call it exactly the type of job I didn't want you to do." And I went, "Dad, I'm not, I'm not fucking leaving uni so I can do this. You know, I'm just doing it for like a bit of bit of extra money. It's just I'm just filling in for somebody." Me dad must have thought, <laughs> "Goodbye, Dad. I'm going to be a spot welder." That was an interesting job, actually. You had to go, say if you wanted to make a gate, then you would have, like, the mesh for the gate, and then my job was to just get all the different bars in the right place. And then with just, like, a tiny little... I now imagine, like, a little... Do you know, like, the little stethoscope that you put in somebody's ear to check the temperature? Like, I had, like, a little one of them, and, and you would pull it down, and it would be like... Tss, and then you would, like, weld, like, as in, you would weld a particular spot on the thing. So that... And then... So I was making gates, I was making some of that, but the the music was on, and I was right next to this this Chava guy, and he would only ever play Galaxy Radio. Galaxy's just like your proper, like, uh, <laughs> like all that fucking, oh, when I was young and life was so wonderful and beautiful, <laughs> all that fucking, and I was like, oh God, that's that's a bit much as well. And I remember one time, magically, I don't know how, but just you would just constantly listen to Galaxy. You know, I'm in the break room there one time, and this is when I realised that, like, you could, this is when I realised like, not everybody's got the same sense of humour as you. The, there was a young lad about my age, and he was reading the paper. He was like, "Oh, well, it was something like What's on Telly the Night," and it was this documentary on Channel Four, and it, and it was it was literally called something like uh, 9-11. It was like 9-11, how the World Trade Center collapsed. And I just jokingly said to him, like, what's it about? You know, it's a, you know, it's a classic joke. You know, you give everything away in the title, what's it about? And a couple of people, I got like a little smile. And then he just proceeded to tell me what it was about. And I didn't have the, I guess he didn't have the, the pull. He didn't have the rank to go, ah, I'm fucking 
winding you up, man, you daft twat. So I just had to sit there and go, oh, right, oh, it's about that. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So anyway, this, this guy's listening to the galaxy and it's all, and then it majestically goes to to Metro and I'm kind of just enjoying it. I was like, right, I can handle Metro. Metro's fine. It's a bit bit more chilled. Okay. And then that fucking stereophonics came on. That that Maybe Tomorrow song, right? I, I, I don't mind the other songs as well. It was that Maybe Tomorrow, that fucking, that long guitar solo that just fucking goes nowhere. And I couldn't hear. I just, I said to the guy, it was just like for something to say and I just went there. Hey, that goes on a bit like, doesn't it? And it backfired because not only he was like, aye, it does, it does. And then he went, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I'll put Galaxy back on. I was like, oh, no, no, that's not what I meant. I was just trying to pass the time. I was just trying to, uh, I wasn't long for the spot welding community. I really wasn't. Ah, you're right. I'll put Galaxy back on. So the moral of all of that is you can do dry January, but don't feel compelled. You know, if you're allowed, you're allowed to slip up. You know, so we haven't had a drink since that that night. Right? Me and Sophie are both. We just kind of congratulate ourselves every night. You know, we just go, you know what we've, and we've chilled a lot since since Lily. I think you have to as well. You can't you can't expect to have the same life when you're a parent to to when you weren't a parent. But we've both done horrible stuff when we've had a drink. Not nothing like you know, nothing like where you you're spoiling somebody else's day or you're spoiling somebody else's. We just we've both like you know. Have I tell you the time we went to Bulgaria? Oh, it might have been Turkey. Yeah, no, it was Turkey. And it was like an all-inclusive place. It was me and Sophie's second holiday, so we weren't going out too long at that point. And we had, like, the top floor. It was, it was like six floors. We were at the sixth floor. And this is back when Sophie still smoked. And we've just been drinking on the plane all day, right? And drinking at the airport, drinking on the on the plane. And I didn't realise, but when you go through the go through the hotel room... And we're out on the balcony. I'm having another beer or whatever. And Sophie's having a cigarette and a wine. And then we were locked out on the ba- the balcony closed and you couldn't open it from the outside. And we were like, shit, what do you do? We were six floors up and it was about eight o'clock at night. And, you know, the kids' discos already started and all that. I was like, we were shouting down for help and nobody could do it. Sophie's phones, in, both my phones are in the bedroom and nobody else is on the balcony. So what do you do, right? Now, I can't believe that I did this, but like looking back, looking back, you just go fucking hell. It takes one wrong slip and then that's it. You're done. But again, this is like being young and you've got confidence and arrogance. You go, oh, nothing will ever happen to me, right? I climbed on the roof of this hotel. So I stood. Oh, God, I'm, I'm getting nervous thinking about it now. Like I stood on the on the balcony. I climbed up to like the the wooden frame of the balcony and then like hopped up onto the roof and now I'm fiddler on the roof. I'm going around knocking on everybody else's balcony door, hoping that somebody's in to then to then let us through so that I can because I I'd run out like I didn't know what else to do. And so I'm I'm there I'm scaling the roof of this massive all inclusive resort hotel. It's so fucking stupid looking back, honestly. The amount of times I did, I've I've went down the wrong way Arthur's seat in Edinburgh before in the pitch black and had nearly been killed again. Like, I don't know why I didn't learn me lesson the first time. Anyway, I'm scaling the roof of this place and um, and this old, <laughs> this old German naked guy, he was sleeping in the buff. He was about 90, sunburnt to fuck, spoke German, I spoke English, so there was a language barrier and he's just stood there with, <laughs> with, his, with his fucking cock out. 
he stood there with his cock out on the balcony and I'm on the roof going, please, can I come down? And he's like, look. And he's just looking at us, shouting at us in German, the cheek of it. And and eventually he's like, he gestures like, yes, you can come down. And I'm there. And I point at Sophie and I'm going like, we are we are locked out. Oh, yeah, just just speak loud and slow. He's going to understand. It's like, locked out. I was like, you know, balcony. Like, I was like, could I come through? And if, and he's shouting at he's shouting. I was like, can I just come come through? And finally, like, he relents and he's like, and he, he opens his arm to like, yes, pass through. Will you just get the fuck out of here, please? Will you pass through? And I'm going like, so, and then his fucking wife comes out the bathroom. She's 80-odd, saggy tits. <laughs> He's fucking tripping over at this. I see her in the buff as well. <laughs> oh, God. So I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I go down, I'm like, your balcony's close from the outside. What? And they were like, ah, yes, sir, yes, the balcony's, yes. And like, that was it, no, like, apology. I was like, I was just on the roof. And they were like, oh, yes, that's very high. So, like, did... Didn't give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, again, I don't think there was... There was a bit of a language barrier in that. I was like, I've just... Be on your fucking roof. They were like, yes, sir, the balcony does lock. Yes, you daft cunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I saw that German couple every day for five days. Thankfully, they went home before us. But yeah, I saw them every bloody day. And every day I had to just do this, like, pantomime. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Hey, what am I like? Fucking hell. And he was like... You know, he, at one point he booed us, like, you know, like thumbs down. He, he saw us, he was just like, boo, but carrying on. Like, well, we had a weird little, you know, we had a little weird follow-up relationship for the time. Tell you one time, Sophie, so I was doing a gig somewhere in York and I got a call from Sophie saying I've I've locked myself out or something like that. I haven't got my key. How, how long are you going to be? Sophie, it's 10 o'clock. I'm not going to be back from York till 12. Well, what the fucking hell? Like, she's had a drink. What the fucking hell's the matter with you? I was, Sophie, it's not my fault. You're lucky. We've got a lockbox now. It's all good, right? That's a story as well. Jesus, me and Ramsey went for a curry during lockdown back when you were allowed to. I was so buzzing to be out. Where beers at the golf club and then went for a curry in the in Newcastle. And he was like, right, I'm getting a taxi back. I was like, you know what? It, it was like a nice hot summer night. We haven't been out. It's like, I'm just going to take it all in. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a lovely time. I'm gonna walk home. It's like a three mile from Newcastle to Gosforth, so I'm just gonna go straight on on the Great North Road. Got to like twelve o'clock. We'll call it a night or whatever. And I'm walking home, and I, and I got, got about forty percent of the way home, and I was like, ah, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna shake myself. Yeah, do you know what I mean? This curry's coming out quicker than I anticipated, and then I just had to sit on a bench, trying not to ship myself for a bit. And eventually, because I've had that much beer, I think I just, I, I passed out. I passed out on a park bench. Is is how I'm dressing up this story. I passed out on a park bench. And um, <laughs> I woke up. And I was, <laughs> there's no nice way to say this, but like, I wasn't going to make it home. I still had 60% of the journey. So I just had to go into the bushes and just, just have a shite. So I just did that. And then I realized I don't have my key. So then I have to wake the neighbors up. because So Paul has got a spare key. And I remember waking him up at like two in the morning. I was like, Paul, what's the code for your lockbox? Because I know you keep my spare key in the lockbox. And he was like, yeah, it's this. And then I woke up the next day and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And obviously it wasn't fine. He's like, don't fuck. And the next day I woke up and Paul had just sent us an Amazon link for one of them 
lockboxes outside your house. So now we've got one of those. But back when Sophie had locked herself out and I'm in York, didn't have one of those. So I got back and Sophie's just like asleep outside. I remember one of the neighbours had tried to say, come in, like, you know, you don't have to wait outside. And Sophie was just too drunk at that point. She was just asleep. And um, <laughs> I'm painting a wonderful picture of both of us here, by the way. How did it work again? So I got back. I had my key. I let her in and I put her to bed to make sure everything was all right. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, made sure everything was all right. Got her in. And then I'm texting the neighbor, like Colin, because he was keeping an eye on Sophie during all of this. He was like, yeah, she just won't come in. She just won't come in. So then I knock on Colin to say, look, I'm really sorry. Thanks very much for all your help. And I'm sorry that um, Sophie wouldn't come in. And this, he was like, no, no, I'm just glad everything's all right. Do you want to come in for a drink? So then me and Colin go in and we start seeing, he had this bottle of whiskey. He said he was his dad's or something. We've seen off like this bottle of whiskey, having a few drinks. Everything we got to about two, three in the morning. And I was like, right, let's call tonight. Good night, see you in a bit, mate. Go home, realise I've locked myself out. I've let Sophie in, put her to bed, and then I've not got me fucking key. So now I'm like, right, well, I know. Colin's going, ah, you can just sleep on the spare room, sleep in the sofa, you can sleep in the spare room. I was like, no, I just want, I want my own bed. I want my own bed, mate. So now I'm trying to think, how do I wake Sophie up, but not wake the whole street up as well at the same time? So we tried... Tried the coat hanger. I don't know why when you're pissed, you think, you know, the coat hanger. I don't know why you suddenly think you're a cat burglar all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, we'll get the coat hanger. Coat hanger just fuck all. But the the keys were on the floor, so we're trying to, like, get, like, a <laughs> a broom or something to feed it through the letterbox, and then it, it didn't work. So that, that was no good. You can't be brain on the door, not at that time. It's a cul-de-sac as well. You know, everyone knows what each other's doing and that. You know, I can't, have, can't be doing fucking that. So... What I landed on, which I thought was ingenious, right? Get us on Taskmaster, I'll clean up, right? What I landed on was I went onto YouTube and I found a 10-hour video of a smoke alarm. And I thought, right. So I put that on, blasted it up. Volume was maximum. And then I posted the phone through the letterbox. So it sound, so you get the maximum effect in the house and the minimum effect outside the house. Then so then that wakes Sophie up. Now even if she's passed out, she's fucking up. Remember she came down, smoke alarms going off. She she opened the door. She went, "What the fucking hell?" I went, "Shut up!" I was like, "I have been locked out for an hour because you're pissed and you can't bloody wake up." <laughs> so that was that's a little insight to what we what we used to be like. Thankfully, we're not like that anymore. And uh, long may this dry January continue. Although if the gig's good tonight, I might have a couple of pints. Fuck knows. I get a couple of pints. Just get Larry at Anth. Just for the hell, just for old time's sake. <laughs> right, well, that'll about do it. Thank you very much, as always. You have been great. Um, I'm going to keep that in. Yeah, you have been great. You have been great. Thanks very much for listening. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. Keeps us in that wonderful company that I'm in. I'm loving, I, re, I re, get a chance to read the reviews. I love what everyone's saying. So thank you all very, very much. It's it's nice that we're, we're getting a bit of, bit of momentum behind. We're getting a bit, of a bit of a community together as well. I'm really enjoying that. So thank you very much. I'll see you next week. Have a good one. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 